This morning we're starting a new series in the book of Jonah, and we're going to be in the book of Jonah for about four weeks, and we're going to spend a good amount of time this fall in the Old Testament. And so this is going to be our first New Testament, I mean Old Testament book that we're going to study. And I want to read verses 1 through 16 this morning. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone below into the inner part of the ship and lain down and fallen fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots so that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on on us innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him to the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. This is the word of the Lord. Now, I want to ask you a question. What would it take for you to say no to God? Because that's what, that's what Jonah's doing here, saying no to God. What, what would cause you to say no to God? And we say no to people every day, right? Uh, you'll probably go to a restaurant today, perhaps, and the waitress or the waiter will come up after the meal and say, would you like dessert? Now, some of you will say No. Some of you. You know, some, sometimes you're invited to a certain event. A friend may invite you to something and you will say no. Uh, I say no to my kids all the time. <laughs> so, you know, we say, we say no a good bit. And, and no is actually a good answer to a number of questions because when you say no to something, it provides room for you to do something else that may be more beneficial. And so, at times, it's good to say no. And at times, it's good to say yes. 
And when you say yes or no to different decisions, uh, it's like laying tracks down for uh, a railroad car to travel down. I don't know if you've ever built a train track, but when my son was a few years younger, uh, we were into this Thomas the Tank Engine. Some of you may know what that is. And so we bought these little Thomas the Tank wooden train cars, and obviously you have to buy the track that goes with it. That's part of the fun, right? And so there's basically two types of track that come with Thomas the Tank. One is a straight track, like that, and it's pretty simple, just wood. And the other is a a curved piece of track, and that's pretty much it. I mean, there may be some varieties of these, these two types, but you're either going straight or you're curvy. That's, that's the way of the train. And so we would build these tracks, and we'd take the trains down them. And you all know, when you build a track, when you lay those straight pieces down, you're moving forward. But once you start laying those curved pieces down, you start to double back. And the more you lay down, it puts you in a circle that keeps you from going forward unless you come out of that circle. And what I want to show you this morning through this passage, I believe what's true in Jonah's life, and I think it's true in our lives as well, is that every time you say yes or no, you're laying down a piece of this track. You're either laying down this forward, progressing track in your relationship with God, or if you say no to God, you're starting to double back and put yourself in a spiral until you do say yes to God. And so Jonah, as we read in the first chapter of this book by titled with his name, Jonah was a prophet of God, which means that Jonah represented God to the people of God and to others as well, as we'll see in this book. And yet, when God asked Jonah to go on this mission, to take God's message to a distant people, uh, Jonah says no. And so the question is, why did he say no? Why would Jonah, a prophet of God, who knows God, knows his character, has a relationship with God, why would he say no to God? Well, look, at, look with me at verses 1 and 2 again. The author writes, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Okay, so basically Jonah was called to, or asked to go to Nineveh, and call out against it, or preach against it because of the evil that's in the city. In other words, this city was made up of people that were basically saying no to God in every way, shape, or form. And so they were used to saying no to God. They were living with a big no uh, plastered on their answer card to God uh, everywhere they went. And in the book of Nahum, which is another minor prophet, uh, which is an oracle actually concerning this city called Nineveh, we get a glimpse of what type of city this was. In Nahum chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, and then in verse 19 we read, Woe to the bloody city, all full of lies and plunder, no end to the prey. The crack of the whip, the rumble of the wheel, galloping horse and bounding chariot, horsemen charging, flashing sword and glittering spear, hosts of slain, heaps of corpses, dead bodies without end, They stumble over the bodies. All who hear the news about you, and he's talking about here uh, at the end of Nahum about their destruction. All that hear about the destruction of Nineveh clap their hands when they hear it. And then he ends in verse 19 by saying, 
For upon whom has not come your unceasing evil? So the city of Nineveh was filled with people, at least 120,000 people, which we'll learn later in the book of Jonah, that were constantly in a posture of saying no to God. And they were doing their own thing and there was great evil in the city. So is that why Jonah said no? He didn't want to go to Nineveh because it was a risky place for someone who follows God. Perhaps, but I don't think that's exactly why. Because you and I know uh, several people that do things that God wants them to do uh, and there's great risk involved. And yet they say yes to God. For example... A few years ago, I heard a missionary from China speak, and uh, he spent 15 years in China as a missionary. And he was very frank with the audience, and he said, I didn't, you know, I went to China not because I liked it. I actually didn't like it. You know, this, this man was a more outdoorsy type person, and he was living in one of the most polluted cities of China, dense city. And he said, I didn't like it. I didn't like going there. I didn't like living there. But I didn't go because I liked it. But I went because God led me there. He said yes to God, even though it went against perhaps his preference. But he knew God was leading leading him and he said yes. And I'm sure Jonah had given messages before that were not popular and there was a risk involved. And yet he said yes to God and he did it. So I don't think that's why Jonah said no to God. And so let's look at, I think, why he said no to God. And we see it later on in this book in chapter 4, verse 2. And this is after, I'm going to give you a little heads up for those of you who don't know the story of Jonah. But Jonah ends up going to Nineveh and he he proclaims God's message to the Ninevites and they turn from their evil and turn to God. And so in response to that, this is what Jonah says in chapter 4 verse 2. O Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish For I knew that you are a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from disaster. I think what caused Jonah to say no to the mission of God, specifically this specific mission of taking God's message to the Ninevites, what caused him to say no was that he did not want to take the message of God's grace and mercy to these distant people. To these people that he didn't like. And I don't think, I don't know what was going through Jonah's mind. Surely he wasn't thinking, well, if I don't go, God won't do it. You know, somehow thinking, if I don't go, I'm going to hinder all of God's plan. I don't think Jonah was thinking that. But I think he was thinking, whatever God does, I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm not going to those people. I'm not going to do it. He can raise up another prophet, but I'm not going to do that. You know, I like God's grace, His mercy, His forgiveness, the fact that He's slow to anger, as long as it pertains to me, but I don't want to extend that to these people. And I think the reason He said no is because the Ninevites to Jonah were those people. And the question is, who are those people to you? Those people. Those people that are different than you. Those people that maybe make more or make less money than you. Or those people that are more talented or less talented than you. Or those people that may look different than you. Those people that it's just hard for you to extend that grace, that mercy, that forgiveness, that love 
that Christ has extended you. It's hard for you to do that. You know, who are those people to you? Who are those people that God tells you they are your neighbor? And we are to love our neighbor. And yet, we find it very difficult to extend that love to them. And I think that's why Jonah said no. Those people, I don't want those people to receive a redemptive message. I want those people to receive judgment. And so I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be any part of that, of taking this message to them. And there are other reasons that you may say, well, Ron, you're not, that's really, I'm not saying no to God in that type of scenario. Well, maybe there are other reasons that prompt you to say no to God. You know, maybe your conveniences prompt you to say no to God. You know, if I say yes to God here, it's not going to be as easy. Or it's not, you know, it's not going to be as nice as it is now. Or maybe your pride is keeping you from saying yes to God and is causing you to say no to God. Or maybe it's your insecurity. Or maybe it's your unbelief. There are many, many causes that prompt us to, when God leads us, whether it's explicitly through Scripture... In a blatant command in Scripture, we say no to that, or in a specific leading in your life that you say, you say no to. So I want to ask you the question, what, in your life, what would cause you to say no to God? Or what is causing you to say no to God? Another observation here in this passage is that when Jonah says no... It does not just impact himself, but it impacts others as well. And you know the story. He boards the ship to flee to Tarshish. And it's interesting that he flees to Tarshish. Some would say that Tarshish, he's actually going to a place called Tarshish. But this word is also used to just talk about going out to sea. In other words, Jonah wants to go as far away from Nineveh as possible. Also, Jonah wants to flee from the presence of the Lord. And throughout Scripture, where is the presence of the Lord? It's among his people. And so Jonah wants to go where there are no Jews. No, there are no people that would align themselves with God. He wants to go to a place where he will not be reminded of his no. Now tell me this. When you say no to God, does that make you want to be with the people of God more or less? You know, my experience is it's less. It's that we don't want to be reminded of God's call in our lives. And so, being with the people of God, we're being exposed to the Word of God. And I think Jonah wants to flee as far from that as he can. And so, one indicator that you may be saying no to God is that you just have little desire to be with the people of God and hear the Word of God. Well, Jonah, he boards the ship to go his own way, and yet God's not done with Jonah. And that's the beauty about God. With His people, He's never done with you. Even though you may say no, He's, he's never done with you. And so He sends a wind, He causes a great storm, and it actually endangers the lives of all those on board on this ship. And so we see Jonah's no is affecting not only Jonah, but all these people on the board of this ship. And I think it's just a good reminder is when we say no to God, it's not like we're on this island out here and when we say no to God that we disobey God, it just affects us. That's not true. You know, as the people of God, we are a body. And you tell me, when a, 
part of your body is hurting, does it not affect every other part to some degree? And so when you say no to God, when I say no to God, it affects you. Your yeses and nos affect those in the pews and rows all around you that are connected to you both in this church and it affects our broader community as well. And so the sailors, they, you know, they frantically look for a solution. And you see them throwing stuff overboard, they're paddling hard, they're trying to get to safety, and yet the only solution lies with Jonah. And so they cast lots, they find that Jonah is the guilty one, and it's not until Jonah confesses his sin that God grants the rest for these people on the board of this ship. I don't know if you've ever been uh, kayaking or canoeing or rafting. I've done it a few times. But there's an interesting, um, there's something interesting that happens on a river when you have a large obstacle that's sitting in the river. For example, let's say you're canoeing or you're kayaking down the river and there's a large rock, big boulder on the side of the river. Well, as the, as the water flows down, it catches that obstacle and then it it kind of spins around it and creates something called an eddy. And these things can be very frustrating because you could be going down and if you hit that eddy, it just kicks you into this little circle and the river is going by, it's flowing, everybody's enjoying their rafting trip and you're stuck over here spinning in this little circle and it's not letting you out. And so when that river hits the obstacle, it spins you around, it catches you right there. And I think that's what happens when we say no to God. We're walking with God, we're on mission with God, and then we hit that obstacle, we say no, and it just spins us right there. And if you've ever been in that situation on that river with a kayak or a canoe or a raft, whatever it may be, you know that to get out of that takes some intentionality. I mean, you just don't float out of that. But you have to intentionally get yourself back into the current if you're going to move down the river. And it's the same way with God. In order for us to move forward with God, we must be intentional about getting into the flow of His Spirit and where He wants us to go, how He wants us to respond, what question He wants us to say yes to. You know, the Apostle Paul told the Christians in Rome that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And what that means for you and what that means for me and this is good news, is that no matter how many times you have said no, because of what Christ has done, God continually offers you forgiveness and restoration and gives you an opportunity to say yes. Because of what Christ has done. He's the one, just by confessing your sin to Him, turning your life over to Him, saying yes to Him, that's what kicks you out of that eddy and gets you on the straight track. And so, what would cause you to say no to God? You know, I pray this morning that if whatever we're saying no to God about, whatever question, whatever issue that we're saying no to God about, that we would, that the Holy Spirit would somehow cast the lots in your heart and the issue would come up to the surface and He would reveal that to you and you would confess that to Him And then you would say, yes to God. Because God wants to move us as a church and you individually forward on mission with Him.
And the question is, are you willing? Are you willing to say yes? Are you willing to move forward? Let us pray. God, thank you for this reminder in the book of Jonah. That just because people know you, doesn't mean that they always walk with you. They don't always say yes to you. And Lord, we know that. Because there have been many times in my life that I've said no. And God, perhaps there have been times in the lives of this congregation that they've said no. And maybe they're saying no even today. We just pray Your Holy Spirit would bring to mind any area that we're saying no to You. And Lord, that You would grant us the grace and mercy that we need to say yes and follow Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.